You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Charlie Arari, and I'm Baruch Hashem, I'm Avram Kivalevich. I have the schus to see Charlie on a pretty frequent basis, and we're always happy to, to be able to check you out and compare our beard lengths. <laughs> um, and part of what's going on when we're looking at each other, it's, it's, it's reminding me, uh, the way a lot of people who don't know each other are starting to look at each other. People who are on Shaduchim. Uh, we know that there's been, uh, and, and my daughter has been one of them, people who have started to meet people on through Zoom, through teleconferencing. And as much as the lockdown is in place, and as much as social distancing is still the norm in a lot of states and a lot of places, um, Dating seems to still be going on. In fact, I know of a number of, 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 of young men and women who met under social distancing umbrellas, and yet they've actually become engaged and the weddings are being planned. So I thought, Charlie, you know, we've done a lot of one-on-one. Last time it was like a total sports show. I had a, a good friend of mine called me and said, you know, boy, Charlie was able to analyze that stuff better than the sportscasters. <laughs> And, and in some ways, it's sort of like a, it's, we've, we've, we've had sort of like a, a, a good old boy show. I thought maybe we could jump into your ideas about, first of all, dating now. Uh, and secondly, in general, even post-corona. Uh, I'll just start off by telling you my own personal prejudice, and then I'm going to let you fly with this. Um, I personally think that if Fauci is correct, that we're going to have a uh, vaccine by next year, the same way a lot of plans are being put on hold, then maybe we should also put some dating on hold as well. Because I, I, my personal feeling is that it's sort of, even though all dating is unrealistic, that's what I would say. Now, again, feel free to argue. In fact, demolish what I have to say and, and go wherever you want. Okay, Charlie, the mic's yours. Um, I feel strongly in the opposite. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, I I... I think you should go all in. In fact, I think dating in general should be all in. I, I, my feeling in this whole space is when you're in the, when you're in the game of dating, you, there is nothing more important in your life than dating. Now it doesn't mean you have to be obsessed over it. It doesn't mean that if it's not working out, you have to constantly be fretting over it. I don't mean trying to control the dates you have or control the people around you. That's God's business. I mean, putting in the work that one needs to ensure that they're dating frequently. Typically, not always, this is usually much more skewed problematically towards the guys. Typically, again, not in every case. Um, I find that the women are much more attuned to this, um, but it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think there's ever a reason to not get married. In fact, I find one of the most powerful stories of weddings were weddings that took place in DP camps, which sound like the craziest places in the world. Why would anyone get married in a DP camp? Why would anybody not wait till they get their health and they return home and they get their bearings? I don't, I think marriage is an institution that can never be delayed. And especially now where on the one hand, you lose that face-to-face mirror neurons, the, 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 There is a loss in not being around somebody personally, but what you gain in return is you're in an environment that at least was, I don't know if it still is, but was sort of 
more conducive for depth. You're living in a time where mortality is more in front of your face. You're living in a time where we don't feel as immortal as we may have felt earlier, which is exactly a moment of humility, which is a moment of depth, which allows people to have deeper conversations, look for more important things in the person around us, not get lost, and I'll do this whenever. So I do agree that it's harder because what's in front of you is not a live person, but in many ways it's easier because you're not schlepping and running. You can date people from all over the world and all over the country without having to feel like you have to get on a plane after each date. Um, You can wear, uh, there's a lot less of an investment of the transportation, all that other physical stuff. So it allows you to spend more time with the human being and what you lose without being in front of somebody you gain by, by potentially by, by creating a relationship of real depth, which may not happen as easily live. You're less comfortable, right? It is a lot more show showmanships going on. That's my sense. And that's, how that's 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 how i see this period of time i I, in general my my sense during this period of time is you don't slow down you never slow down you adapt you revise you just keep on pushing because there's a new world there's a new world coming i think you'll see dating on zoom way after the virus i think people are going to going to you know the old the good old-fashioned like i live on the west coast so i fly into new york once a week or I, could, I live in Baltimore, so I travel up all the time. Or I live in a small town here, and I can't, so I got to go to the big town. I think those days are changing. I think you'll have a couple of live, and you'll spend lots of time meeting somebody, spending time with somebody through, through um, video platforms as a way to develop a relationship. Um, but not to, listen, I don't think we ever think that, you know, technology is the answer. I just think that now we have to push hard. Charlie, I respect what you're saying, and I think you know if you pardon, you know, whenever you bring in the Holocaust, it's always hard to disagree with anyway, right? So when whenever you bring in, you know, the Kleisenberger Rebbe making Hasidus, he was close to Holocaust. But you know what I mean. Under the, un, uh, under the, what used to be, you know, it's really not fair. Really, in the argument to say as if you know, look, my parents, my parents got married in the middle of the Holocaust, and 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 they were actually. My mother was in one of those DP camps, working as a, as a doctor there. So I understand. But there's there's a difference between fighting Hitler. We're going to live, and we're not going to give up the ghost. We're going to go on. We're going to soldier on. Um, there I understand that there was a holiness and, and, and it's almost like God's, it was the Ratzon of Hashem working through the Kleisenberger Rebbe and getting those marriages happening. So I agree with you. <laughs> you're not going to get me to argue on that. But but come on, Charlie. Look, you're right. There is a seriousness in, in, about the mortality and what's all around us. But I really think, and again, this, I don't want to make this into a debate show, but really, you, we when the, when the couples are meeting, they're still wondering, you know, okay, I don't have to put on a skirt that much because below me, he's only going to see this much, right? And the guy is seeing this. Uh, there still is, you know, the coquettishness and, and, and what we know is normal, what's biologically normal. You know, Charlie, you, know, you always like quoting, um, uh, you know, the uh, scientific brain science. We know part of that is about when you're young, those hormones are, are working and, and, and we're sort of like predisposed to, to be attracted and, and, and to fall for a lot of that coquettish baloney that you were talking about. And I'm just worried that when that's out of the picture, um, when that's out of the picture completely, and then we go back, it's like, 
I, I don't know if I can have fun with you. Okay, what are we going to talk about again? Are we going to talk about, you know, Camus and the plague some more? Are we going to talk about, you know, you know, so, so I sort of feel, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I just, I'm just wondering, you know, Charlie, let, let me push it to someplace else. I, I would say otherwise, before you push it, I would say that <laughs> you are fighting against something. It may not be Hitler. I don't think people got married. I don't think people got married in the DP camps because they were like, let's get back at Hitler. And then they got married in the DP camps because that's what we do. We just get married. And, we, and I, don't, I don't think it's any different between Hitler or 1947-some kibbutz uh-huh. fighting for your life against a bunch of, of terror. Like, I don't think it's ever different. I don't think there's ever a period of time where Jews get up and say, hey, it's just too crazy now. Let's put a kibosh on marriage for eight months. We'll, we'll get back to it when we can figure it out. I don't think people really, maybe now it's more likely, I don't think people would slow down when they don't have any money. How many people get married and they're starting their lives together and all their friends are like, are you crazy? Settle down, get a job, make partner, have – and they're like, what? That's not how we do it. I don't think the Jewish ethic of marriage waits for anyone ever. There's nothing that slows down marriage. I don't think that – I don't think the train slows the tracks because it's not convenient. So, but, but I think the real issue is not that I don't think how fun you are. I think the real issue is that there's a superficiality that's ruining the dating today. The, the greatest complaint that I've heard in dating is that everyone is superficial, that there is a certain lack of depth that takes place on dates in which it, you can drive through a relationship and not really get anywhere. So yeah, you can have fun. That's not the issue. People have two, people have tons of fun. He's too busy looking about how pretty you are and how skinny you are. She's too busy looking about your resume. And I'm, that, that's, ca- that, I, I don't, that's generalizing. But there's too much of the superficialness that is very normal in a world where life has been, thank God, good. We get to rise up and start to horse trade on superficiality. Not for every couple, not for every single person. There's always exceptions. There's always a person that, okay. That what I've been receiving from people that have been sort of explaining is that the superficiality is not only ruining it, it's that's what's getting in the way of relationships. So I don't think the marriage train ever stops. And I think the best thing that can happen is a person doesn't have to worry about decking, bedecking themselves and going to having the most fun they can, which is really a good thing. But at the end of the day, if you're marrying somebody, it's better to figure out if you can actually have a sustained conversation with them for more than two hours with nothing around you, than whether or not you have fun with them. So I don't think there's anything that gets in the way now. In fact, this yeah, is well, a- you're right. It could be what we, we, we almost have like the, um, like Moshe and, uh, and Miriam, right? <laughs> that was Moshe's art. I mean, Amram and Miriam or Amram uh, said that, uh, uh, you know, now is not the time to have children. Of course, Miriam uh, said no. Yeah. This is, but still, I, I think there is some sort of a precedent. I agree with you about the superficiality. In fact, we did a, a podcast on on, on our Risk of the Rice show. We talked about how post COVID, it's going to be hopefully less superficial, and and, and there's going to be less uh, interest on how the uh, resume looks and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I agree I with you. Further, I would go further. There's a whole mock looks now about weddings. Now, weddings is a bigger issue because there's one man to armor that says that it's a geschmack. It's a certain feeling of feeling like you're a melech, a malka. There's a certain chashivas that comes to weddings and you lose that. 
I hear that. I mean, who am I to, to say I hear, I don't hear, but that's one way. But there's another approach that I thought was fascinating, which is there are people that, God bless everybody, that, that are dating. And you know what's pushing them over the edge? Not the person, but the wedding. Like, it's a lot of fun you get married. Like, you get a lot of exposure and attention and you like check it off your list and you stop worrying. So there are couples that may be getting married in part because they can almost hear the, the band playing in the background. Which is... Versus the couples that are saying, what? I'm doing it in a driveway? Are you crazy? I'm not doing it in a driveway. Are you out of your mind? When you have weddings that take it like 30 inches down, and they're really a much more, t- although today uh, we, we, we figured out a way to, to p- pick it back up again. But I, don't, I think that could be a really healthy approach towards dating. Because- You're not going to get an argument from me on that. As uh, someone who's made weddings, this is one of the brachas that COVID has given us, is that a whole new perspective on what weddings are going to be. And you're right. This way, we're not going to have bridezillas and other things or groomzillas in terms of everything being focused in on the wedding. So I, th- I think you're correct about that. Charlie, let me ask you another thing. So yeah. you're on record here uh, for saying push forward, even if who knows when the next time, if you're ever going to meet the person. What would you just say? I just want to hear something that's going to be something even beyond this period. What would you say are, are, are the type of things, other than having a serious conversation, let's talk especially in terms of what you think, and we're both boys, we're both men. <laughs> what do you think in terms of the, uh, the questions that the, 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 the girls should be asking uh, at this point? Well, what do you see? Or, again, I, I don't want to be accused of, you know, putting people in boxes and saying boys and girls are so different. But, but where, where do you see, we know that the roles, especially from our perspective, are distinct and are different. Just give me a sense, you know, in the last couple of minutes that we have here, boys, you know, what would you expect the boys to be asking and, and be looking for? And, what, and, and let's start with what you think the women, the young women should be, should be looking for and which, what they should be talking about on these dates. So I, I think that dating is, dating is a, is an art and a science. The, like everything in life, it's it's funny when you go do you go when you go to a negotiation table. There's a lot of negotiation experts. If you ever, I was privileged when I started my career to work for big law firms, and as a young associate, I would many times trail very experienced negotiators into very high-powered situations. And I was so young. I mean, in that world, that like even opening my mouth would be like yard like opening my mouth would be. So you just all you have to do is just listen. Like, and just don't mess up. Like, don't spill the coffee on anybody. It's funny because you have really different levels of negotiators, but the greatest negotiators weren't the best speakers. They were the best listeners. They knew how to discern between what was being said, even by the tone of a voice. They they didn't respond to words. They responded to the intentions behind the words. Dating... I think has become a little bit articulate, uh, a little bit speaking focused. When I put in front of you a resume and when I say the words you like to hear, we're doing well. What I think we stop doing is listening. Whether or not a guy goes to a certain yeshiva may or may not have any indication as to whether or not he's going to be that same guy in 10 years. Maybe more likely there's a higher probability that if he takes the path that he's taking and in the lines of your hashkafas, it will continue. Most people will continue on the trajectory in which they start, but not necessarily. 
we we both we we don't know people who marry someone and wake up five years later and go what that wasn't the person we did yeah what happened they weren't dating had it had it had they miss it and the answer is that they were not they're not looking for depth it's so critical that when you date it almost is irrelevant what you ask it's relevant what you're listening to because if you're on a date and the guy's quoting you you know Rebekita Agers and then makes a snide comment against the waiter on the way back, you've got a big issue. Because Rebekita Ager doesn't last five years into a marriage if you're a Balgaiva. And, the, and if you know Rebekita Ager Stark and you're still a Balgaiva, that means that the, that the tire isn't even penetrating into your soul. Big issue. If you're a person who's not listening to the person in front of you and asking yourself, does he have a Muna? Is he a grower? Does he care about the Kurdish Baruchu? Is does he love learning? This is he a Mavakesh? Are these the fundamental cores that are the drivers of what life will look like with a mortgage, multiple children, sitting in a home, maybe it's hard to pay the bills. Is he still driving to Hashem? It's like an investment. You're not looking at what the guy's doing today. You're trying to project who he's gonna be in 10 years or who she's going to be in 10 years. If she can't even like manage to like get it together, maybe the perfect resume isn't going to last when it gets sloppier because you've got multiple kids in the house. That's, I think, the, the art of dating that has to be honed. That's why you need to go back and in, include friends and family. You see, sometimes what family does, and I get it, they, they, they become like the, the gatekeeper. No, no, yes, no, 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 yes. They're playing, I think, the role in the wrong position. Yes, there's a certain level of, of selectivity to, the, to your child. But if you're the one who's reinforcing to your children, all you got to do is decide someone on a resume, you're not helping them. The, what a real, the real role of, I think, of a parent or a mentor is, is to help the dater listen process with them when he said that what did you think learn how to be in an environment and take in the cues to get underneath the seven or eight lines that seem to be working that to me men or women it doesn't matter it's so critical that we start to think and listen and look for midos more than accomplishments because accomplishments could be just culture there are a lot i know people i have a friend of mine who i know when i went to school with i went to a much more i, I grew up more modern i went to a modern orthodox high school we went we went to school he was not far behind me his life was sports 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 he gets there to Israel. he gets a year in and the guy's the firmest guy in the world in the world right he comes out and a couple years later he drops it what's going on? How could that be? And the answer is that I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if he ever bought into Yiddishkeit. He bought into winning. He's a winner. So when you're, when you're in 11th grade, winning popularity is based on your athletic ability. And he worked and he became a great pope. When you're, when you're in what we call in the modern world, Shana Aleph or Shana Bet or Shana Bays, you know what winning is? Learning. But guess what happens when you get out into the world? And now you're back in the, you're, you're in a law firm or you're an accounting firm. You know what winning is there? Size of your home. So when you're dating a guy like that, you gotta be thinking. 
and watching and listening and seeing, is he from because he loves it, he gets it, he's growing, he's trying to find Hashem, or is he from because that's, that's what the popular thing is to do right now? And what if that changes? That to me is where the dating changes. And if you can start working on that, you're in a different game. You get to see people that you didn't think were going to make it and they make it. You get to date people that don't have that same tight little resume. And you start to see the world. You, you know, I forgot what this Gemara is. We spoke about this once. I keep, I have a block on this Gemara. It's a Gemara that speaks about poor children. You know what I'm talking about? We'll look out for poor children because they're going to become Gedolim one day. Do you remember that Gemara? Hizaru b'nei aniyim, right? Hizaru b'nei aniyim. It says to be Zohir on... So you tell me this Bart? So the Pashup shot is, the Pashup shot on this Varde, on this tire, on this Gemara is, take care of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't have anyone taking care of themselves. I heard of Vart that you know why you have to watch out for them for? Because no one's paying attention to them. The rich kid, everyone's talking, hey, how are you? You see him in the hallway, everyone likes him, you know. And the poor kid, sometimes people aren't paying attention to the poor kids. You know what happens when you have a poor kid? Their resume isn't perfect. So they get to develop themselves. They get to, like, they have time alone. So when no one's paying attention, they start building themselves up and they become real people. They struggle a little bit more than the other kids in the neighborhood and that builds character. You're dating sometimes somebody who doesn't seem like he's lining up like everybody else. That could be the greatest gift he has. And that could be, that can be the, the godless of the person in front of you. But you can't find that godless unless you listen. Well, Charlie, I'll advise that, uh, that that type of person should, <laughs> and those type of people should be always getting together. I would just say that, uh, uh, just to add one little nakuda, the, uh, your description of your friend, this is the way I always describe the fourth son by the Seder, the Enio de Elishol. Ende Elisha was someone who doesn't ask questions. He just follows, and he's almost a sociopath figuring out what is the best thing to be doing. And that's why he's together so much with the Russia, in a way, right? He almost gets the same answer because he really isn't probing himself. And I think you're, you're correct. This period definitely has caused us to probe a lot of things about ourselves. Um, I, I would only uh, just add about... Um, you know, what Albert Einstein said, he said that there still is something about, you know, the, the marriage happens when we're young and we are in a way rash and make mistakes, but otherwise perhaps it wouldn't happen altogether. Yeah, like so that. so <laughs> in other words, and that's why he said, you should, well, Einstein took it to an extreme. He says, why should you stay married? It was, it was a mistake of your young biology. It has nothing to do with what you are as when you're older. Obviously, we reject that. But I do believe that children, young children, you said having the parents to help them listen, that I think is a pretty big struggle in itself. You know, I know you just made a bar mitzvah. I don't think you've made any weddings yet. Uh, and your kids aren't going out yet, right? You're not a dad. Okay. So I know that having Charlie Arari as a dad, maybe they will. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but but I can tell you that, that, that kids like their independence and it's hard to bring, it's hard for parents. You're right. They can either be helicopters, but it's hard to be called in. And sometimes you have to wait for those cues and, and, yeah. and you have to trust that your, your kids are going to make do the Ratz and Hashem. And of course, as you know, their Bunner Shalom is Mazabig Zivugim. And if this is the way he wants the Zivugim to happen, then I suppose, you know, like we said, we have to have a Muna that their Bunner Shalom knows what's correct. Still, yeah. I, I, I'm very impressed, Charlie. I'll advise my daughter should marry a guy like you. But Alpha PK, oh, 
Before I make a qualification, she should marry so much better than me. <laughs> so much better. Than me. But what <laughs> I would say is, she's my youngest. But what I would say is, Charlie, is that uh, it is. I, I feel. I still think. Um, you know, we, we we've got those challenges to meet, and hopefully, as you say, we're going to meet them a lot better and a lot more in a way that uh, the chasnas will happen and the life after the chasna will be so significant for them. So that's yeah. it, my friends. Charlie, thanks a lot again. Hopefully, we'll see you, if not next week, maybe in two weeks from now, okay. uh, with another edition of One on One. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 